Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Very, very special, and we've got a special guest joining us now uh, on The Odds Couple uh, from Sydney and a stable probably, and when you look at it, is the inform one of the inform stables uh, in the country at the moment, and that is the Chris Lee stable. I'm talking about. It's our pleasure to welcome Chris to the Odds Couple. G'day, Chris. Morning, Simon. But um, uh, before we we talk about your horses, we like to talk to our trainers and get to know them a bit. And Simon Marshall was saying, you know, saying, "Have you got, you know, how well do you know Chris?" I said, "I know him. You know, I know a bit about him." I said, the most embarrassing thing is when you go and have dinner with him, I can never be out late because I've got to hold my breath because he embarrasses me because he's so skinny because he's a runner and he keeps fit. He's the fittest <laughs> horse trainer I've ever seen. How do you keep fit? Oh, I'm just hanging in there. That's all these days. <laughs> just maintenance work. You're a runner, are you? a distance runner? Oh, not of any note, just a... a... A plugger, I'd call myself, yeah. But do you do any half marathons or, you know, silly yeah, things like that? I've done a few half marathons and, yeah, I try and... It's probably the only time I haven't got my phone with me, so it's a good it's time I clear my head for about an hour every day, if I care. I knew uh, horse trainers always had a bit of something about them that wasn't quite right. You've got a couple of things that aren't quite yeah, right. You enjoy training horses and you like distance <laughs> running. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few, few, few issues. But your stable's on fire. Oh, we've had a good run, Simon. We've been very fortunate. We've got good support from from a wide variety of owner base, and um, just thankfully, you know, they've got some nice horses coming through at the right time. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Simo. Mate, uh, it's a pleasure to be talking to you, but I just want to strip it back a little bit because you were born in an unbelievable racing family and a unbelievable environment your old man maxi um a huge part of your life and um a huge reason as to why you're training the way you are at the moment in a multiple group one winning trainer tell us a little bit about your upbringing and uh, growing up around the uh, feet of your father max yeah well he's the only reason yeah i um grew up uh, our, our family home was is basically at the 200 meter mark on the broadmeadow race course stables in the backyard and all around us, so um, that was always my upbringing. I've um, spent, spent youth of straight to the races every Saturday <laughs> after footy and, and grew up punting, you know, from a eight or nine years of age, so um, I don't know anything different, so I'd be pretty lost without this job, but um, it's, that's the upbringing I've had. And left school when I was 16, started working for, for the old man from, from there on. Chris, did you ride track work, and what about the working environment? How hard was your old man on you? Uh, he was, he wasn't too hard. He, he was pretty good. He, you know, he, he was pretty laid back. He could get a spray now and then, but, um, and, uh, I'm a terrible rider, Simon. I put my hand up for that. <laughs> um, but, um, no, he, he was very good to work for. I got a great, um, great way to learn your, your trade. He wasn't one to say too much, but, um, if you had your eyes open, plenty of young trainers have come through working for Max. Chris, when was the first time you ran your hands over a champion horse, one of your father's? Oh, I can vaguely remember Luskin Star, very very minimal, I was six or seven years old. So. Golden Slipper winner, folks, yep. Yeah, so he's he's one of the, probably one of the great two-year-olds we've ever seen, so I can vaguely remember that, but um, when I left school, I can, you know, I can remember a lot of the top horses he had snippets, I remember strapping snippets when he won the size produce in Sydney, I think he broke a record when he won the Oakley Plate 
um, and plenty of other very very good horses. Chris, can you remember um, a, a, a reflection, a trigger as to why those horses were so good? Was it a piece of track work? Was it their demeanour? Was it a number of things that you remember back then um, and that you use in your training methods now? Um, Max definitely got to the bottom of his horses. He was... He, he always had him fit, but he, he was a kind of trainer. I think, you know, he had, he had a great record with mares over the years, although his mm. three best horses were all stallions in Luskin, Star, Snibbets and Coronation Day that if you were to ask him back then, that, that were the three best horses he'd claim. Um, but his attention to detail, he fed well, just all the little things that you've got to put together to, to give you success in this game. Chris, can you tell us about your, your, uh, your set-up there at Newcastle? You've got a big team and a great team of people behind you. Tell us about the setup of your stable. Oh, I'm very fortunate. I've got the staff that have been with, with Max, so they've been with me for forever and a day. Uh, for example, today we've got Miss Fabulous in the flight stakes. Ten years ago today, her mother won the flight stakes. She's got the same strapper. She had Malcolm Oldham's rider every day, same as he rode his mother every day. So there's, that's that's the kind of environment we've we've got. We're very fortunate from that point of view. Um, from a training point of view, we've got access to a lot of stables uh, here at Newcastle and, and a wonderful training facility. They've spent $11 million on the new track. We've got a great pro-ride track in as well and to compensate that, I've got a farm 45 minutes away where it's got a water walker and, and track on that um, we spell and pre-train and, and freshen up between runs. So it all works in pretty well. And Chris, you've got to have great support from your family. Your backbone's your wife? My word, yeah. I can hear it upstairs getting the kids breakfast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're, you're lost without that type of support, Simon. So um, I'm very fortunate. Outstanding work. Well, let's rip in to your runners today and we'll start with uh, Randwick, uh, Chris, where the feature race day is. Um, you're backing up a horse that had a soft win last start and he looks like he's got a lot of upside. Race 3, Gem Song. Yeah, really nice horse, Simon. I think he's looking for the mile. He's on trial, of course, today stepping to the mile, but um, the way his demeanour and the way he's raced, I, I feel he'd be very comfortable if, if he was to, to win or run well we'd consider a Caulfield Guineas. Obviously, that's a, another step again. A bit of a tricky game from his wide with his um, with his uh, draw and the big weight, but he could put himself in the race more than he did recently. Now that he's up to the mile, and I think it's a nice option for him. Race three, number one, Gemson. He Gemson. He's an absolute cracker. Maybe headed toward Caulfield Guineas, folks. So look out for that race five in her time, Invincible Gem. This is the Mini Everest. Um, in her time, he's in the Everest. She's a thirteen dollar chance. What about Invincible Gem? She's not the roughest time. She's a, a missile stakes winner, fresh and. Last preparation, she ran third in the Canterbury Stakes. So she's got a bit of residual fitness coming off a of Queensland preparation. Uh, not the roughest at big odds. Obviously, in her times, the one who probably will attract more attention from our stable. Uh, she's a new acquisition. We know the circumstances. She settled in well. She basically, her stable from one stable to the next, she's moved 10 metres. Um, her work's been very pleasing since she's been with us. The fitness levels are where they need to be for a, for a positive first up run. So I think she's more than capable. I got a leaning towards in her time or invincible gem in today's race? Look, obviously, she hasn't laced under my care in her time, but from what I've seen in that short period, I'd probably lean her way. Race five, number th- five at Randwick, folks. Race six, you got Miss Fabulous. She's a short price favourite. She's two from three this time in. She's a gallop out last start when winning was good, leading into the flight stakes. Yeah, she's she's a... Got a dynamic turn of foot if the race sets up right or even if she just settles right and 
from free alley, Karen will be able to get her to relax. Um, that's a, probably her fault. She can be a little aggressive in everything she does, uh, unlike a mum who was pretty bomb-proof. But this, uh, this filly, she's going to get the right type of runoff field today with a good draw. She's trained on the right way. If anything, she's probably matured even through the preparation. So I'm looking forward to today. I think, she, I think she'll take some booting. Before Simon O'Donnell asks you about Caulfield on Sunday, what's her target if she happens to win the flight stakes today, Miss Fabulous Race 6, number 2? She's in the 1,000 guineas, but I wouldn't be backing her yet. I'd just say if she comes through today, if she was happy to win, she may even go straight to the paddock. So she's a chance of getting to Melbourne for the 1,000 guineas, but um, certainly no guarantee. Three runners at Caulfield, Chris, uh, tomorrow uh, on Underwood Stakes Day, prized icon, Smart Melody, El Dorado Dreaming. I've, I've picked out one uh, one of the three to have a quick chat about. Smart Melody looks uh, a, a top-grade filly to me. Yeah, really smart filly. Uh, on trial at the trip, she hasn't been beyond 1,100 metres. She's been very strong through the line in all the race starts. Um, I feel she'll handle it. the Caulfield 1,400. She's had a look around the track on Tuesday morning. So I can't fall her. I think she'll take some booting. If she happens to win on Sunday over the seven furlongs, she'll go into the mile. Um, have, it, it, it's a, it's a tricky, tricky question to ask you, uh, Chris, but Miss Fabulous or Smart Malady, have you got a leaning to either either as to who would be the best right now? Oh, we change our opinions here at home all the time about them. So there wouldn't be a lot between them. Yep. I think today I'll tell you who's going to be the strong. Oh, sorry, this weekend I'll tell you who, who would be the better situated at the mile. Well, I've got no doubt about Miss Fabulous at a mile. I, I think it's fair to say Smart Melody needs to show us that she can run a mile with a, with a strong 1,400-metre race tomorrow. So tomorrow will determine her immediate future. If she's um, not strong, if we don't feel she'll run the mile, we'll... we'll Bring it back to the Coolmore, having had a look at the straight at Flemington. Ooh, Chris, we wish you well in Sydney yes. today, and we look forward to seeing you down at Caulfield tomorrow. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.